Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike. Uh, the Fin Fans Podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. And it's Thursday evening, and uh, I'm here with Louis Vergoni. Hello, hello, Dolphins. And Kirk Marks. Hey, Fin Fans. So, Kirk, you uh, are a season ticket holder, and uh, you travel down to the home games from New Jersey. I got to ask you, with a, with a team rebuilding, some people will say tanking, I say rebuilding. With a team rebuilding, do you feel like you're getting robbed? <laughs> do I feel like I'm getting robbed? Yeah, I mean, you know, you're not getting any wins for your money. <laughs> uh, that's good, Mike. Uh, you know, that is a great question. And I was getting a little spoiled because last year we won a majority of the home games. Right. And I was happy about it. This year, we knew what we were getting into. Um, there are so many other things that I do besides going to that game on Sunday that you know, make up for some of the disappointment, but there's a loyalty thing that I just can't get rid of. So no matter how good they do or how bad they do, my love of the team is going to make me continue to root for them and go to these games. So I don't feel like I'm robbed because I, I see the bigger picture and I know that there's going to be good, good games coming ahead. And that's what I'm really looking forward to and, and watching the rookies. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, how the, that's, the, that's the thought process I would have. I would be going to watch the team mature. Yeah, that's and a that's great what question. I'm seeing. Yeah, but I know a lot of people, you know, that are season ticket holders are complaining. And I really think it's an individual thing because, you know, I mean, I, I had season tickets forever and never once in the back of my ticket did they stamp, they promised me a win. <laughs> they're not on my tickets either <laughs> yeah no I, I don't remember seeing that so I, I just wondered you know if you felt that you were obligated to see wins you know i i don't know and that is a great question mike it really is i mean if you think about that for a minute uh-huh. it, it, just the fact that kirk travels from out of town on top of that of course, i mean there's a lot yes. of local fans obviously that right. come from broward Dade, even west palm beach and, you know, for them, it's, you know, it's, it's a whole day situation. For Kirk, it's a whole weekend situation. So it, it, it's a great question. I know I was laughing about it, but it, it really is a good question because I'm sure, you know, any real Dolphin fan probably doesn't think on those terms, you know, but it, it is, you know, it's kind of it, this season more than ever, it, it is, you know, it is an interesting, t- you know, take on it. Well, depending on your attitude, it can be pretty tough to sit through. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, really, it can. So, Especially the second halves, right? Yes. <laughs> it's been rough. Anyway, when did you become a season ticket holder, Kurt? I think right now I'm in my fifth season. And how long have you been a fan? I've been a fan since I was, well, I'm going back to right in the beginning, maybe a couple of years, right before the, the undefeated season, when they played Dallas in the Super Bowls, when I became a fan. Okay, that, that's right about the time I did. I, I The first game that I actually sat through start to finish was the Christmas Day game. Wow, oh, what, a, what a game. 
Yeah. Yeah. One of the best. Have they rated that yet, Mike, by the way, in the top 100? Uh, I think they do it Tuesday. Now, I don't know. I, I don't remember if it was this past Tuesday or next Tuesday. All right. It's got to be in the top 10. I mean, you would. it's the longest ever NFL game, isn't it? It yes. still is, right? 82 to this minutes, day? 40 seconds. Yes, right. Sir. So it, you almost have to think it's in the top 10. I would think so, or, or at least the top 20. Mm-hmm. I kind of think the Charger game is going to be up there, too, the Epic in Miami. Oh, yeah. That that should definitely be a top 10 game as well. So, yeah, we, we should have a few up there, which is great. That will be great. Yeah, I would think so. Mm-hmm. Now, you've been watching the team really as long as I have. So what what would you say has been your most disappointing season before this one? The season where we went 1-15? Yeah. And just got, you know, in overtime, we we saved that. That season was excruciating because I just couldn't believe that, that our team would go and lose every single game. Yeah, that, that, that was right about the time I stopped having season tickets. I, I wasn't a season ticket holder for that year. Because uh, we had moved out of the area, so not to around when Ricky left us, right? Yes, yes. He went AWOL on us. Um, yeah, that was a rough year. But boy, I'll tell you what, there were a few seasons prior to that. There was one year I believe we started five and zero, and we had a really good team, and then we just went in the tank. Uh, and it started with a game against the Colts when Harbaugh threw a couple late touchdowns. Do you guys remember that season? We went. We came out of the gates like five and zero, oh, and we wound up going, I think, nine and seven or eight and eight by the end of the year. And they had a lot of talent on that team. It was kind of hard to put your finger on it, but um, well, we've had a few of those seasons. Yeah, we did, but that one in particular because we we were playing really solid football, and we had the Colts down late, and Jim Harbaugh threw a couple of late touchdowns against us. We lost. We went to, I believe, five and one, and then from there it was all downhill. We've we've had a couple of seasons like that. Um, after we won that Thanksgiving game with Leon yep. Lett, yep, and then we just bottomed lost out the rest out. of that season. Yep. And how we thought when we beat the Bears and thought we were going to go to the Super Bowl and the Patriots beat us that that has to be that one hurt. Of the most disappointing. Yeah, that one that one hurt. That one hurt because we really really thought we'd match up well with the Bears because of how we had beaten them previously. Absolutely. And and when you look at that Super Bowl and how it turned out, I mean, you know, there's no question in my mind that had we played them, it would have been a much, much better football game because that game, that was maybe the worst Super Bowl. I mean, that San Diego, San Francisco one was pretty bad when they beat them, I think, 55 to 14, but. But that game was just over in you know the second quarter. That yeah, Chicago there were a game. lot of bad Super Bowls back then. They've kind of gotten out of that habit. They've been much more competitive lately. But they have the one last year was horrible. Yeah. I mean, the, what was the final in that thirteen three or thirteen? I don't even remember. It was so. It was just a horrible Super Bowl. I mean, if you like defense, I guess it was good. But well, it I like just defense. Wasn't. Yeah, I do too. But that game was extremely boring. You know, I like fourteen nothing jet win dolphin jet dolphins over jets and championship. Anytime games. you beat the Jets, it, it's a great game. <laughs> I don't care if it's uh hundred to nothing or three nothing or whatever it is, I'll take it. Exactly. Yeah, very very rarely is it three nothing when we play them. No, mm-hmm. no, that was the Patriots, and I don't want to talk about that game. Mm-hmm. No. No. Cheating bastards. So Lewis. Yes. You had talked last week about uh, last year's team compared to this year's team, and I know there was something else you wanted to say about that. Yeah, in regard to the 
the blowout situation. If you go back and you look at some of the scores and the results of games last year, especially when we were on the road, uh, we got blown out quite a bit last year with a lot of star players uh, that are no longer with the team. You know, Kenny Stills, um, you know, Kiko Alonso, I wouldn't necessarily call them stars, but, you know, our are, are better players. Are, are veterans. Tunsil. Yeah. You know, you go on and on and on. Fitzpatrick, M- Mika was here. So the point of the matter is, is that, you know, people are upset about the blowouts and the situations that we've been in over the course of the, you know, the first quarter of this season. And if you go back and you look at last year, uh, two out of the last three games that we played in last year, we we lost to Minnesota in December, 41 to 17. And we lost to Buffalo, uh, our last game of the year, 42-17, to two blowouts. Um, you know, go back to the Green Bay game. We lost that one, 31-12. You go back a little bit further to that, I believe it was a Thursday night Thursday night game against the Texans, and we lost that one, 42-23. And my point is, is that with all of those veteran players that we had last year and the money that was being paid to those guys, this team is not playing all that much worse than the team that we had last year. So, you know, as Dolphin fans, if you go back and if you think that we've had just this tremendous drop-off in regard to how we're playing football, it really isn't that far off. We also lost to New England. 38-7. 38-7. And, I mean, we scored our touchdown in that game, Mike. It's funny you mentioned that one in the fourth quarter. I mean, I think we were down 38 nothing in that. Yeah. And, and we scored a garbage touchdown late. So, you know, again, you know, my point is, is that if you think that we're all that much worse than we were last year, we're really not. And the fact that we're in such a better position in regard to the amount of money we're going to have to spend at the end of the year, and we've talked about this before as well, and the fact that we have all these draft picks in this upcoming draft, we're in a much better position at the end of this season than we were at the beginning of this season. You follow me? Coming into this year, the situation wasn't great. But going into next year and the beginning of next season, we're going to be in a much, much better position in a lot of ways. So, you know, it, it's something to be positive about and, and look forward to because we do have a lot to look forward to. About the only thing we have to look forward to because I'm not looking forward to the rest of the season. <laughs> How about you, Kirk? <laughs> it can't get well i'm not going to say it can't get over quick enough because i don't like to rush time yeah i hear you take it once a week and yes and, and and we still get to see our team and we're still looking for some kind of improvement growth yep yep looking for growth so that's you know some diamonds in the rough as well possibly i can't say i you know i can't wait for free agency in the draft i'm looking forward to it but i'm also looking forward to uh the rest of the season we have left because we waited all that offseason to get to this point. Exactly. I'm looking at the roster, Mike, from last year. And, yep. you know, we went out, we signed Amendola. He was our leading receiver with, what, like 600 yards. And, you know, I, I mentioned Kenny Stills already. We had Bolden. We had Oswaller, who we signed to a pretty decent contract for the one year, right? Right. To back up here. And, um, you know, we lost. We had Juwan James. And we had Tunsil. I mean, it was, you know, there was a lot of guys here. I mean, you're Robert Quinn. Yeah. Cameron Wake, all of these players, Kiko Alonso, like I mentioned. And again, the bottom line is, is that... They weren't a whole lot better with them. 
We weren't a whole lot better with them. Bingo. You hit it right on the money. Frank Gore is another one that you can add to that to that batch. So anyway, what do we got next here, Mike? Well, I want to hear Kirk's thoughts on uh, what they're doing and uh, his feelings on it. My feelings on what the team's doing? I mean, well, if, a- if you or Greer, is this what you would have done or, or you know, would you handle it differently? No, as long as you have uh, ownership signing off on it and you know you have a little bit of job security and, and the other way wasn't working, we're always in the middle of the pack, then why not do this? We got rid of, you know, we're trying to clean up some of Tannebaum's mess with the cap situation. And, you know, I, I think it's going to be good because you're you're going to have a, a smaller roster right now. A lot of these players aren't going to be there next year. We already know that. But we do have some players that are getting valuable playing time that will be here that's only going to benefit us. And uh, I'm behind him 100%. Well, that's it. You're playing the youngsters and hoping, you know, three, four, five, six, seven of them start to develop and, and they become keepers. They're getting yes. a whole season to evaluate them. That's it. Exactly. A whole season. And, you know, the the guys that we have right now, Mike, I mean, there'll be some foundation there. But, and I stress this all the time during our podcast, they have to get playmakers. They, they really, I mean, they have to get guys on both well, sides. Anybody who's football. watching this team has to agree with that. Exactly. I mean, I, yeah. And if you, you know, the, all the guys that I mentioned last year, you, you, you know, you look at the Kenny Stills who we brought in, you know, a few years back and the Danny Amendola's, those guys are pieces to a puzzle. They're not necessarily game changers. And that's what this team has been lacking. And I've said this over and over again, since, you know, a Ricky Williams type of player, he's, he was our last big offensive player that changed games and that you had to prepare for and you had to work around him. And when you or, have... Or a Jason Taylor. Or a Jason Taylor on the opposite side. I mean, wake, wake to a degree, you know, you have to change your offensive game plan when you're going against him on the one side. But Taylor was a dominant player. So, yeah, more to a degree with him. To your point, Mike, but the point is is that th- some of the guys that we have here are going to be nice, solid players for us, but in these next two drafts, it's absolutely mandatory that we get playmakers at positions. It's just that simple. A lot of teams that are successful and make the playoffs every year have those type of guys. It- it's as simple as that. You know, Pittsburgh, I'll use them as an example. You know, Roethlisberger has been there forever. Um, Antonio Brown up till last year, Le'Veon Bell. If you look at that team as a whole, on the defensive and offensive side of the football, they're probably an average team overall, but because they had those type of playmakers, they were able to win you football games, and they were in the playoffs pretty much year in and year out. Now, they sure. didn't get to the Super Bowl uh, because there were better teams, you know, New England or somebody usually knocked them off. But my point is, is that a team that has those type of players on their roster, they win you football games over, right. the, uh, over the course of the season, and they separate you from that 8-8 eight and eight record that to Kirk's point he you know he he brought that up that where we're 500 pretty much every year they put you over the top they win you a few games every year to where they put you in that playoff position so that's what we need to get you know we, we absolutely have to hit on these next couple of drafts there's no question about it I would agree well thank you can't argue with it right <laughs> I mean we well, you know we, we've been without impact players for quite a long time um you know, we get one here, one there, but we don't have collectively a group of impact players. Uh, you think back to the killer bees and, you know, you had four or five impact players on that defense. 
Yeah, you right. had a few Pro Bowl players every year. You're absolutely right. Yeah, you think back to the no names, and the same thing applies. You know, and you you just don't have that anymore on the offense or on the defense, and that's why we've been where we've been. Right. Our offensive line had what three Pro Bowlers every year on yes. that. You know, on the '70s teams between Evans and Little and um, two Hall of Famers and Langer, two Hall of Famers, and then you had you know Hall of Fame running back, a Hall of Fame quarterback, Hall of Fame wide receiver. I mean that you know that that. That says it all right there. I mean, honestly, out of the last 20 years of this franchise, how many guys are going to make it to the Hall of Fame that we've had come through year in and year out on on those rosters? How many guys do you think even have the possibility of making it? I mean, Kirk. I think there's two. You want to ask Kirk? He can answer. Yeah, sure. Let Kirk and then. That's a tough question. (laughs) Kirk's not ready for it. Well, go ahead, Mike, until Kirk can come up with something. Well, I think there's two. I think there's Cameron Wake, who's borderline. Okay. And I think uh, Zach Thomas, who's probably borderline as well, but I think he'll make it. Yep. I I agree with you. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with Zach, too. I mean, other than those two guys. I mean, honestly, with all the players that we've had over the last 20 years, there is nobody. And I mean, I don't know how many franchises. Richmond Webb. In the NFL. Yeah, Webb. Mm-hmm. But Mike Webb was, you know. Not, not, a, skill, t- not a skill position player. No, no, but, no, no. But yeah. regardless of that, um, if he's a Hall of Fame player, he's a Hall of Fame player. But when did Webb retire? I mean, he in the, over the last Well, he 20- came in at 90. He came in in 90, so he was here maybe right at the, you know, near the end of his career, you know, around 2000. How many years did he wind up playing Richmond Webb? Do we know? I mean, I'm, I, not, I'm not sure off the top of my head. I, I'm not sure either. But the point is, is that over the last 20 years or so, there's been very, very few players that would even be considered for the Hall of Fame. And honestly, I don't know how many teams across the NFL you can really say that you know, about there's, I, I, you know, and, and that's the frustrating part about it is that we haven't had, you know, type of guy that belongs on a sports illustrated poster they tried, for years. They, they right? tried Lou. They tried. They brought in uh, Mike Wallace. They brought in uh, Brandon Marshall, you know, right. but, but things didn't work out. Absolutely. They did. I'm talking about through draft though. We've got to start hitting on, you know, uh, a draft pick here or there that becomes that type of player. And we haven't done it in years, uh, you know, to my point, you know, so, you know, things have got to change. Hopefully, you know, we get a little lucky because there is a lot of luck involved. I mean, all these gurus, you know, they, they talk about, oh, you know, they do all this research and it's still a crapshoot. You know, when it when it comes down to it, it it's still a crapshoot. There's still a lot of guys that just fall on their faces, and it only you know hasn't only been us. You know, as a franchise, there's been a lot of uh, you know teams in the league that have you know fallen under the same situation with with guys just failing them. So yeah, well, we just picked up one of those guys, right, in Taco. Exactly, Taco, Taco. Yeah, well, Taco. When they were when we were doing that draft, I definitely didn't want them to to uh, to draft him. <laughs> definitely not. And I thought we were going to draft him because of Ross, right? But I was like, please don't draft that guy. Who did but we take that year, Kirk? That was uh, what's he been in the league two years now? Uh, when, I'm not sure. This is second year, probably either a second or third. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure because I think I'm only thinking two years. It might be he was drafted in 2017 at pick 28. So. Um... 
So who did we draft in 2017? That's two years back. Was it Tunsil? No, it was Tunsil because last year was Fitzpatrick. Right. So it was. So it was Tunsil then. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. So well, anyway, I'd rather have Tunsil. <laughs> well, we don't have him either. <laughs> we now have Taco, but well, we, we have don't ta- have Tunsil. We have Taco. <laughs> we have Taco. <laughs> oh boy! It's funny how that works out. Yes, it is. And we have Rosen. Right. <laughs> From last year's draft. Right. But. So, yeah, so we're getting first anyway. round picks in, in other other ways. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Right. Let's hope they pan out. I was thinking about the other players. If Jake Long would have stayed healthy when he first came out, he was right. doing pretty well, but he couldn't right. stay healthy. Yeah, he looked like he was destined for the Hall of Fame after his first season, you know, but uh, yeah, he, he, he had two problems. He couldn't stay healthy, and he at times he'd have problems with the uh, really fast edge rushers. And where we drafted him, oof. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, top top of the draft. Right. That's tough. It really is. It's tough. I mean, how do you guys feel about, you know, would you guys be happy if we would have drafted Matt Ryan looking back on it now? I mean, would you guys be happy with looking at Matt Ryan and his career up to this point? Would you guys have been happy with Matt Ryan as a quarterback for us? Honestly, no. Is that right? How about you, Kurt? I think he's uh, just above average. I don't think he's a. I I don't think he's a superstar. Right. I think I, I'm on the same page with you. Um, would he have been a couple of steps up from what we've had? Yes. Oh, there's no question about and, that. And he's had Absolutely. some incredible, incredible seasons. The year they went to the Super Bowl, he was he was very, very good. But um, you know, he you're right. Uh, overall, yeah, looking back on it, it would have been a better situation for us. There's no question about it. You know, I mean, if you look back at it, some of the teams that Tannehill had, maybe with Matt Ryan, a quarterback, we would have made the playoffs, you know, because we were right there every year. Well, and the, I, year, the year we lost to Buffalo and the Jets to close the season, he might have made a difference. Yeah, I, Mike, I think there were a few seasons where we were around 500 that he probably would have made a difference because he is a much better quarterback than Tannehill is. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. And would it may would it have made a difference in regard to winning a couple of games a year? We we could probably say yes, uh, you know, because we were on the verge. You know, we had decent teams for a few years there. We just couldn't get over that hump. So maybe he would have been the difference. Who knows? Yeah, it's a, tough to say. It is tough to say. In well, my opinion, us, I'd say yes. Even if he gives us or you know two two or three extra wins, then we're talking we're, about ten or eleven wins. We're in. And I and yep. I think he was good enough to be able to, to do that. I'm on the same page with you in regard to it, Kirk. I think he would have made a difference because we were losing games where the offense just hurt us. The defense was playing well. I mean, it, it listen, it, this team's been in the same pattern forever, it seems like, right? To where the offense just could never do enough. Seemed like the defense would play, even all last season, they would keep us in games and the offense just continued to go three and out, three and out, three and out, and eventually it wears on you. And, you know, we, we'd eventually, you know, lose pretty much all of them. You know, last year, the year before, uh, you know, it, it was it was the same pattern, and it's been the same pattern. So, you know, th- this is a breath of fa- fresh air this year. It really is. I'm actually enjoying this season a lot more than I did last year, guys. I got to be honest with you. I mean, you may think I'm crazy, but... Well, I do, but for other reasons. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
you know, just hear me out for a second in regard to it. As the season was progressing last year, and Mike, me and you talked about it, you know, week in and week out after we watched games, even though they were winning some football games, they weren't winning them the right way. You know, you got Albert Wilson running a ball in, you know, on a little screen pass from from 60, 70 yards out. They weren't playing a good brand of football. And in the end, you know, it, we showed our true colors. You know, we were we were what we were. Right. You know, in, in Dennis Green's uh, words, right? We were what we were. So, you know, as you watched it from early on, we got off to a good start and then it started going downhill from there. I, I knew what the outcome was going to be. And I knew that we were going into another situation where we're like, my God, we're going to have another eight and eight year. We're going to be drafting in the middle of the draft once again. And we're going to be right back where we were. We just keep, you know, we just keep going in the same direction year in and year out. This year, I'm really looking forward to seeing these guys. I enjoy watching Rosen every week to see if he develops Preston Williams, Dieter. You know, there's a lot of things to look forward to. Whereas last year, I just, you know, I didn't have that same enthusiasm going forward than I do this year. So do you follow me on it in regard to I'm actually enjoying it a little bit more? You know, not the brand of football, but, you know, the the thing as a whole. So Uh, you have the same attitude I do. I mean, you know, you want to watch the youngsters develop. You want to watch the... uh guys you know go from point a to point b and and that that is fun yes you know you'd like to see the offensive line do a little bit better so the quarterback has a little bit more of an opportunity to shine but mm-hmm. uh you know all in all i i agree with you 100 percent. you know it's it, it it is fun to turn on the game and watch the game i may not like the result very much but that's a different discussion right what about you I, I agree with you also lou i've i'm doing the same thing and i'm looking at different parts of the team that I, I didn't used to look at. I mean, right. I didn't really pay too much attention to the the offensive line or anything. I was looking for the I stars to make plays. I thought you were going to say the cheerleaders. No, you know what? Because the cheerleaders, <laughs> they have them on the opposite end of the end zone now. So <laughs> It's time I'm to change older, your season tickets, Kirk. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I am. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's a lot available. <laughs> you can probably it just seems to me, them anyway. It seems to me like they, they cut half their squad, too. Because I'm surprised they used to be they used to be down both ends and now they're just out of one end and I'm like well what's going on (laughs) they got to cut corners somewhere right (laughs) that's funny that's for sure yeah but like I was saying with the uh, now I'm watching the line I'm watching you know certain players that uh, that are young and I know that we have a young team and I want to see them progress and get better and and I'm also scoreboard watching so there's there's it's a whole different concept this year right yep a whole different frame of mind. Hey guys, I wanted to break in here real quick just to ask a favor of you. On the app that you're listening on, uh, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit like, leave a, a comment on your thoughts of the show. And uh, if you didn't know, we do, we do run a Facebook group. Uh, it's Miami Dolphins number one. That's hashtag one. We talk uh, Dolphins football 24-7, 365. We'd love to have you join us and share your thoughts. And uh, once again, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, let's make it a habit. We'll see you next week. So which of our youngsters do you think will make the Pro Bowl first? Oh, that's a great question. That is a great question. And, and I, want to say, I want to say Howard. I want to see him go back. But if you're talking about like Baker or any of those kind of guys. Yeah, I think he meant um, the younger guys. Um, the younger guys. I would, yeah. say, I would say Baker once he 
you know, everything calms down and slows down for him with him making all the calls and everything and what they're asking of him, I think that I think that he has a good chance. What about you, Lewis? Uh that is that's a really good question and a tough question. Uh because it, it is so early for a lot of these guys. But I, I would have to say Wilkins, I think that he's gonna wind up becoming an extremely I would agree with you. An extremely good defensive tackle. I think Dieter's gonna be a solid player. I mean your question was uh, Pro Bowl player who right. will be the first, and you know what? None of these guys may may never make a Pro Bowl, but I think that the guy that's going to wind up being the best among all of the young guys will, will be Wilkins. And Preston Williams has the ability to become a very very good player as well. I mean, I'm very excited about the, you know him as a football player. You know, just the simple fact that he's been starting since day one as a rookie free agent says enough about him. And, you know, he's been, Parker's had a decent year, but Williams has been right there with him. I would say that they're, you know, they've both been pretty solid. They've both dropped a few passes, but, you know, it's not like Devontae Parker, who's now a seasoned veteran, is head and heels above him at this point. You know, I think they have the same capabilities. I think Preston Williams may wind up uh, being even a better football player, I would hope he, you know, he he develops. Into, you would, yeah, you would hope. You know, I mean, it, you know, but Parker's are number one draft pick, and Williams is a, a free agent, an undrafted free agent draft pick. So, just the fact that we're even comparing them tells you something. So, of course, you know. Uh, but again, to answer your question, Mike, um, I think Wilkins will probably wind up being the best among the young guys right now. Yeah, and I would ba- agree with you. Baker's, already- Baker's a good choice as well, but I've been very, very disappointed in how he's played up to this point. He's taken a step backwards. His grades are are one of the lowest grades on the defensive side of the football for our team at this point. As a matter of fact, Mike, he is the lowest, isn't he? Or he's doggone right near the end of the bottom. He's I mean, down right near there. The he's end down of there. I don't know that he's the lowest. Yeah, I mean, he he's you know so he's got to step up his game at this point. Um, I think you know. I, I mean, all of our good defenders are struggling for the most part. You know, right. Howard's struggling. Uh, he's struggling. Uh, so you know, it is what it is. Kirk, I think, has an answer as to why uh, Baker's struggling a bit. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that they put too much on his plate, mm-hmm. and he's not reacting fast right now. He's thinking too much. I think after a few more games, you'll see his his stats and numbers go back up because he'll start getting back to his instincts. And because he's got to call those you know defensive plays, and he's got other stuff on his plate that he didn't have before. Right. He's he's playing a different position basically. Yeah. And, and what I, I he has that, been right. Yep. And I think that once it uh, you know it starts to be a little bit more clearer for him. He'll start taking off again. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not worried about what's on his plate because he looks <laughs> like he can eat. <laughs> not as much as Wilkins. <laughs> <laughs> no, not as much as Wilkins. Or Webb. Webb's a pretty big guy. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. All right. Anything else you guys want to add before we run? Yeah, I do, Mike. I mean, we were talking a little bit about, you know, looking forward to the draft next year. And, um, you know, I just wanted your both of your thoughts on where we should go with those first three picks that we have. What do you think our priority is? Um, you know, not so much 
um, what the team's thoughts are, but in both of your minds, where do you think we should go in regard to our draft picks that, that, that we have in the first round next year? All right. Well, I think that since it's a really good quarterback class and I don't anticipate us drafting in the top five for I don't know how many years, this is an opportunity for us to get one. Mm-hmm. And I think that with that first pick, we should take a quarterback. After the quarterback, we need a pass rush. We, we definitely need a pass rusher. And I know there's a couple of good ones out there. Chase Young's out there. There's a few. But mm-hmm. I think that we need to go there. And then uh, offensive line. But, you know, that my opinion might change on that based on if we can get a couple of linemen in the uh, free agency period, a couple of good linemen. Mm-hmm. Then I'd be looking for – you're talking about playmakers – looking for a wide receiver mm-hmm. and I know there's a couple of good wide receivers there and if they if it just falls to us the right way depends I think we should take after the quarterback we should take the best player available right so it's kind of it's kind of tough right now I, I'm pretty sure that my answers might change after after free agency I want to see what mm-hmm. holes yeah, we well can that's fill, the but. thing we don't know what they're going to do in free agency and that certainly could change your priorities on draft day Yep. But uh, as we sit today, I, I do agree quarterback has to be a priority. I think offensive tackle has to be a priority, and I think defensive line and edge rusher has to be a priority or outside linebacker, depending on what defense they're going to play. Mm-hmm. I mentioned to you before, Lou, I think I would prioritize the defensive lineman over the offensive tackle if we're talking a high draft pick. Right. Yeah, I'm in agreement. There's no question. I mean, I, I put more emphasis on the offensive line because of how bad we've been and the fact that we probably need two tackles. Because personally, I feel that, um, you know, Davis is is going to probably wind up moving inside at some point. And, uh, you know, I, I just don't know if I like him at that outside, you know, at, at the tackle position, Mike, regardless of whether it's on the right side or the left. So I think that they're going to need two tackles. And uh, if you are, in fact, drafting a quarterback very high in the draft, you got to have somebody that goes hand in hand with him to protect him game in and game out. And, uh, you know, if it's Tua, then we're going to need a nice right tackle. You know, if it's somebody else, then we're going to need a left tackle. So well, that's that's a fallacy, and I'll tell you why. Go ahead. Most of your better edge defenders are going to be on the left side, so mm-hmm. yeah, you need you need a good left tackle anyway, right? Uh, so, you know, with that said, I I think they would probably, if they need to, and they know they need to, then they're probably going to look to get one in free agency and then probably the other one pretty high in the draft. In the draft, yeah. So, I mean, but we do need an edge. We do need a guy putting a pass rush on. We, we probably need two guys on both, you know, both sides of football. We're going to need defensive ends as well. So, I mean, if you look across, the, you know, across to the defense, you're in the same situation. You're going to need two guys. I think yeah. we need two defensive ends. Charles Harris has just fell off the map. I mean, my God, we haven't spoken about him at all. It's because there's nothing to say. There's nothing to say, exactly. I mean, it's like the guy just disappeared. He's like, oh, does he even play for us anymore? You never hear his name over the court. I don't even see him on the field. Is he even playing at this point? I mean, he's got to be out on a lot of plays. He must be getting replaced because, honestly, I don't see his, him his anywhere on the field. His snap counts have dropped. Yes. Okay, so to my point, you know, we may need two defensive ends as well. So there, there's a lot of needs on this team, the offensive tackle position, both of them, and the two defensive end positions. So 
Now, we, we know they're not going to fill all their needs next year. It's going to no. be virtually impossible. Absolutely. Unless we get, Mike, unless with our first, because we do have, what, seven draft picks in the first three rounds? I mean, unless by some miracle of God, we hit on every single one of them. And that they're, would be a miracle. And they're, exa- and they're at a need position, every single one of them. Then, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it's not going to happen. But, you know, to Kurt's point, we do have free agency to fill a few of the needs and then the following year we have two number ones as well so and two number twos and two number twos so with that being said if we get halfway there next year wouldn't we all be thrilled with that you know getting a solid one solid defensive end getting one solid tackle maybe a a big play receiver and a good young quarterback i think just give me an offense that can pick up you know a couple of first downs a quarter and i'd probably be happy we yeah, don't, Mike, nice. we don't want first downs. We want touchdowns. We don't want to settle for first downs. We want touchdowns. <laughs> I want points. I don't want to look up at the scoreboard and see us with six points, ten at points yeah. <laughs> at halftime. No, I'm yeah, talking about when, when the big F is up on the board. Final, yeah. Dolphins uh-huh. 10, San Diego 30. It's just game in and game out. We have to start scoring some points. And yeah, I to your point, I mean, I'm only joking, but yeah, you're right. We have to get first downs. We have to keep the football away from the other team's offense. And yeah, sustain, because you have to protect your defense. That You know, they're on the field 40 minutes a game. No, no defense is going to be effective on the field 40 minutes a game. Exactly. And I mean, wouldn't it be refreshing to put drives together, Kirk, Mike? I mean, honestly, I mean, you, we don't see that. Even you know, even last year when we were putting points up in games, usually it was a big play. It was like a big play. A yes. Drake fifty-yard run or Albert Wilson, you know, uh, wide receiver screen that he take to the house from 40, 50, 60 yards out. We never put drives together where wow, this is like a 12, 15 play drive that ate up six, seven minutes. Yeah, apparently, uh, Gase brought that same offense to New York. <laughs> yeah, right. so we'll be seeing that shortly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's going to be such a fun game. Wouldn't it be great to go up there and beat them? Holy cow. Uh, well, I know they have that up here. They have that uh, MetLife takeover. Right. So they, they, right. I saw something where they had already sold 500 tickets, but they want to sell a lot more. That place is crazy. They usually get a few thousand up there. Mm-hmm. They do. They do. Well, I'm sure they're thrilled with Gase up in New York right now. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. I'm sure they're thrilled. Mm hmm. <laughs> You know how the New York press is. They're, they don't want to hear nothing about patience. Not at so. all. Well, then there, I just anyway. saw something today with uh, Darnold saying something like, you want to make sure he doesn't go out in the field and die. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a, you guys should look that up when you get a chance if you haven't seen that already. <laughs> Worrying about his, his uh, spleen exploding or some kind of uh, something or other that goes with that mono that he had. Yeah, what week do we play the Jets? Is that right after Washington or is that later? Now we play them the November, the weekend of November 3rd. November 3rd. So we've got about a month before we play them. Yeah, we've got a ways. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's four or five games down the line. So yeah, Darnold will definitely be back for that game. So it'll be, it'll be fun. All right, guys. All right. That, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Thanks for uh, joining me tonight. My pleasure. And, My uh, pleasure also. Thank you to everybody for listening. And we'll be back next Wednesday. Uh, We're not going to have a Monday show this week. So we'll be back next Wednesday and uh, we'll do it again. Uh, Fins up, everybody. Fins up, Dolphins. Fins up.
All right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the FinFans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. 